0: There's a great book by a guy called Alex Pang called Rest. And he makes the point that rest is not the opposite of work. Often we think it is. What he says is rest is necessary for good work. Uh, And he challenges the belief that there is a correlation between time put into work and results achieved. In fact, he even says, goes as far as to say that we are inflicting slow self-harm on ourselves if we don't rest. Hello, this is Louise and a really warm welcome to Successful Student Transitions, a podcast hosted by me and Elizabeth Gillies. Our aim is to support you as you step out, find your new gear and thrive in the next stage of your life. So you're listening to series four, Lean Into Student Life, Thrive Through the Maze of University Transition. And this series is for you if you're a first year university student who has just arrived at uni. For eight weeks we are offering tips for settling well through this life transition. And in this episode we're talking about five tips for rest and recovery. We know that life in the early weeks at uni can be somewhat overwhelming. So much new to learn and do. And so it's really important to give yourself space for rest and recovery. We're going to share five tips to help you reflect on using your downtime to recover well and recharge your batteries. As Banksy says, if you get tired, learn to rest, not to quit. We really hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to access, access the show notes and resources for this episode, go to louisewells.com forward slash lean in and register for the free playbooks and we'll get them straight to you. Please follow, like, share, and if you enjoy this episode, why not leave us a review? We'd love to hear from you. Now
1: on with the episode. So welcome back into the Lean Into Student Life podcast. When you're still in the settling in process of being at university, you've likely been through Freshers' Week, survived it, meeting people, doing lots of new things, and making lots of decisions. And that really, Louise, can be exhausting and overwhelming, can't it?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think it can be quite a drain, perhaps emotionally, um, physically, if you're up late at night and up early in the morning, perhaps for an early lecture, um, and also cognitively, because you're having to get your head around so many new things. And our brains are constantly in new environments. They're constantly making sense of what's going on and we're reacting to challenging situations that can be emotionally draining, nights out, etc. And perhaps even, you know, the unfamiliar sounds around you. I know some students say, you know, the party spirit of the early weeks can be quite exhausting, not because they're partying, but other people are and keeping them awake. So you might have been contending with that as well. Yeah.
1: And, you know, of course, when we're exhausted, we're not at our best self because we don't have to we don't necessarily have the energy to do the things that we really want to do. No, I agree, and I think, yeah, being feeling exhausted it can really affect our mood. I don't
0: know you know about you, Elizabeth, but certainly for me. Yeah. if I don't have enough sleep, um, I'm not my best self. And also at that point you can kind of feel when there's a few challenges at the same time, you can feel very quickly that everything's too much. And after a while, things can begin to spiral downhill. You know, you find you're not doing, getting stuff done. You might fall behind, feel bad about ourselves falling behind. And then we come into that negative spiral going down. And I think it's really important to recognize when we start to feel that way and to recognize that it is because we are tired and exhausted and there's been a lot going on. And it's not that we're not coping. It's just that we need to rest.
1: Mm. It's like burning the candle at both ends kind of thing, mm, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And so so today we're going to sh- share five tips about the importance of rest to well-being and your work life as a student. Um, in the organisation episode, we talked about being intentional in arranging our routines and days. And today we're going to suggest that you are intentional about building rest into your schedule. So if we go into tip one, we're going to introduce you to a new way of thinking of rest and recovery. When you think about it, how do you rest? You might take a moment right now to think about what does rest mean for you? How do you recover at this busy time of a transition when there's lots of things going on? Like us, when we first thought about it, you might write down, I go to bed, I sleep. Um, you might watch Netflix, you might read a book, you might be taking a walk. All those things are important and valid forms of rest. And there's so much more we can do. And this is really exciting news because rest is more than sleep. So that's the first thing we want to really kind of encourage you to be thinking about. When you, when you feel tired, it's not just about going to bed and resting and sleeping that way that it's important. It's important. And the work from Sandra Dalton Smith, um, who's a, a medical doctor in America, and she met lots of patients, and they continued to say, to "Her, I'm really tired when I wake up in the morning. So, I'm going to bed at night and sleeping, but I'm exhausted." So she started to look at that in a in a more in depth way, and she suggests that there are seven ways for rest and restoration. We have to kind of tune into our body and our mind to see what's going on. And we can bring rest to ourselves in these different kinds of ways. So physical rest is obviously sleep, having a good night's sleep, but you can also get rest through movement breaks. You know, you might be sitting down a lot or sitting in your bed studying, which we'd kind of like to avoid you doing, but you might be still for a long a long um space of time. So we'd say Get some a physical rest from that and stretch, you know, bring yourself actions into movement, either slow movement or fast. You might be thinking of yoga or Tai Chi. Think about the time that you and I both are hunched over your computer. You might be tense and as you work and get your assignments done. So be thinking about how you get rest and i know in lots of universities they might have clubs that you can join and do these things that might give your body some rest there might be a a meditation class or something like that but what what else does rest this kind of physical rest for you louise i mean for me
0: it would be like today for example i was sat at my desk thinking about something and not getting very far so i decided to go for a dog walk um useful having a dog but I went for a walk often I would plug into a podcast but I didn't and I just walked and that that was lovely and it gave my brain time to rest but I came back with some ideas so that was really helpful
1: and and you've made me think there you know for some people that physical rest it might look different from what what we've been talking about here so be thinking about how you get that physical rest for you so that's number one rest, physical rest that were not not the most important one, but, you know, one of the seven. The next one is mental rest. And that can come with slowing down, <laughs> taking breaks, maybe even working in a structured way. You might have learned this technique at school and it's called the Pomodoro technique. And it's called that because traditionally you use one of those tomato alarms that would signal different time periods rather than working for long periods the pomodoro suggests you work for 25 minutes at a time Um, napping can also help your concentration and focus and those short naps of about 20 minutes can be helpful for some people i'd ask you to notice that if nap is in a response to a need for rest or a need to avoid something we've all talked about procrastination before haven't we so, there's that mental rest. How do you get it? The third one is emotional rest. In this transition time, your emotions can be quite at the surface. There's a lot going on. There's a lot, maybe, of comparing yourself to other people. So, emotional rest can come through journaling, just writing down your feelings, what you're noticing about yourself. And there's that word notice, like just notice and name your feelings. There's some really nice research about once you name, notice and name your feeling, the intensity halves. So just being able to go, well, there's some anxiety in me, whatever it might be, noticing and name's good. And of course, we're always going to come back to that one that Elizabeth really likes about being compassionate towards yourself. You know, connect with yourself um, in a way that understands what you're going through and give yourself a little bit of slack might want to spend some time with old trusted friends you might want to do that netflix netflix thing of watching something comforting to do louise are the kinds of emotional rest that are there for you what are they
0: yeah i think for me journaling is a really good thing whenever i'm feeling sort of over brought about something just sitting down and (laughs) writing it all down not to show to anyone and actually i usually tear it up and throw it away but it just kind of gets you and it takes you away from yourself slightly to separate you from owning or feeling as though those emotions have taken over and to become a bit more objective with about it um and then also one thing we've created to accompany all of these podcasts this series "Lean into student life is the playbooks um so you could go and subscribe for those and we'll send them to you and the idea of the playbooks is to remind you of the key points for each of these Um, episodes but also to ask you some questions to give you an opportunity to reflect on what we've said so sign up go and register for those uh we'll put give you the link at the end of this this episode and because as richard carlson says reflection is one of the most underused yet powerful tools
1: for success so that self-reflection is always useful and maybe it brings rest as well if you're thinking about things as well. Maybe it kind of takes your mind into a different space. The next rest that we're going to introduce you to is social rest. You know, by protecting your own space, you don't need to say yes to everything, even though you might tempted to be. Build in time alone, have safe places for conversations. I mean, you might feel calm and safe in old old friendships. So while you're making new ones, remember those old ones. Then there's sensory rest. You might think that being online socially, for example, is a form of rest, and perhaps it is to a point. But our brains are working really hard, making sense of everything, looking for patterns. And of course, there's that old issue of FOMO, isn't there? Causing emotional responses. Oh, they're doing this, but I'm not. Um, So sometimes that's not so restful. So we'd really encourage you to think about turning off the screen, reducing screen time. And there's a range of apps to support you to do this. After all, a lot of these social media companies are creating content and they employ experts to do this and keep you there. So sometimes it takes a little bit more than willpower to shut yourself off and turn the kind of switch off on that. Um, you might check out free apps like Freedom or focus me, I'm sure there's others a lot around about that. And they can block sites or limit your time and take you to what a lot of people on, on um, TikTok at the moment are calling monk mode mm-hmm. to help you block and protect your time. Sensory rest, well, I get a lot of that when walking in nature. Um, places that maybe where I can be still and have there's a low s- stimulation around are really good for me. Mm-hmm. Creative rest, you know, we can feel restored when we see things that are beautiful and full of awe. So we'd encourage you to plan something that brings some some of those positive kind of emotions and creativity or drawing or writing or crocheting or, you know, there's lots of that stuff coming back now, isn't there, um, painting, whatever it might be. Try and build some of that into into your busy schedules if that's something that works for you. Um, Or maybe even bring something into your room that brings you a bit of creativity, that poster, a plant. um, Times in the days to feel growth, you might be doing something that's playful or fun, but that creative rest can be really good for some people. And the last rest we're going to talk about is spiritual rest. That belonging of being with other people, being with like-minded people, being in a tribe. So you might want to join clubs and societies in the university or beyond the university, something that gives you a sense of purpose and meaning and time to do something different. So, Louise, how were those kind of rests when I was talking through those rest things for you? What what was in your mind?
0: Yeah, I suppose... I suppose when, when on first reading, when you think about it, you're thinking, "Well, it's not really rest, is it? Because you're actually doing stuff." But I think the whole point about it is that you're doing something different, um, probably something that's not challenging you. Although perhaps it does challenge you, but it just challenges you in a different way that isn't kind of stressful. I suppose is the point. Yeah. And so the aim is, yeah, to do stuff that doesn't heighten your level of of stress or anxiety. And I know, you know, it's easy, I think, when I'm trying to do work on work stuff to get to that point of diminishing returns and not realize that I'm there and sit there for an hour, really struggling with something and thinking, I'm not, ma- and then suddenly realize I'm not making progress. And probably I should have cut it at that first point when it started to go downhill and gone and done something different, you know, gone with a bit of exercise, a bit of fresh air, given myself a break. So I think that's really important to just note notice yourself and notice when you feel that oh, I'm not being so effective now. The focus has gone. The concentration has gone. Perhaps it's time for a bit of a break. And it's a bit like I do quite a bit of circuit training. And in the circuits, there's always what they call active rest. Uh, so it's a, often a plank in my circuits. Uh, Okay, not resting completely, but you're not working as hard as you are on the other exercises. So it's giving you a bit of a break and a breather before you get back in. So same principle here. So shall we move on to point two or tip two? So tip two is all about your rest mindset. So how you think about rest. So we've talked about the seven different types of rest. And it is something that we don't prioritize in this world of go 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 get things done nun done when we're overloaded with content. And, you know, I know I I have ten podcasts to listen to, ten books I want to read. There's always, always something for me to go and do. And I really have to stop myself sometimes and go, no, it's time to rest. And it's time to and it's important to think about rest as, as distinct from sleep because it really is important to have that as a complement to sleep as well. And I think also it's really important because it helps to keep our energy levels high and to contribute to relationships and creativity. It helps us to feel fresh and thrive in our daily lives. So There's really good reasons for focusing on and developing a positive mindset around
1: rest. And so, you know, I think on that point, Sandra Dalton Smith, who we talked about the seven seven points, I mean, she asks really good questions about how we keep our energy, our happiness, our creativity and friendships fresh and thriving. And I would also say, add on, and how do you keep this happening in the transition too? And that's where rest is really important in it. And we talked about this in one of the other podcasts. And I think it's a nice kind of image to have that. Sometimes we just look at achievement and an achievement could be like the most beautiful tulip um bloom, you know, there's this beautiful color, there's the petals, um, and we just see that part of it. And Rick Hansen, when he's talking about this, says, remember that in in nature, you know, the fundamental things of all our plants and um in the world is that they they take time to rest and to you know, store up energy and to um, prepare themselves for this great achievement it just doesn't come on its own so the bulb under the ground no we can't see it this resting bulb is preparing to burst when it needs it's not working all the time it's kind of preparing itself for the achievement and then the next cycle happens so even even when people exercise you know They say rest days are really important. You can't just be exercising all the time.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And actually, there is a statistic that suggests that we should be resting and sleeping. So the two together, rest, recovery, sleep for 42% of our time. So, you know, that really emphasises how much of our time we should be devoting to that. And that doesn't mean to say that that should be every single day. So that acknowledges that sometimes we may be having to be more active um, than that perhaps we've got a big assignment needs doing and so we're working 12 hour days on that for three days and then the point about all of this is once you've done it recognize you're going to need some rest and hopefully as you've been doing you've been taking some more rest breaks as well there's a great book by a guy called alex pang called rest and he's also written another book called The Distraction Addiction, too, which is quite an interesting read. And he makes the point that rest is not the opposite of work. Often we think it is. What he says is rest is necessary for good work. Uh, And he challenges the belief that there is a correlation between time put into work and results achieved. In fact, he even says, goes as far as to say that we are inflicting Slow self-harm on ourselves if we don't rest and enjoy things and take time out. And he talks about some of the world's most creative people. And research that he did showed that they would work very, very intensely for a while on their important work, but then they would stop and go off and do other things. And the point he made about that was when they were off doing other things, it's not that they weren't thinking about what they were working on their brain was subconsciously be doing quite a bit of processing and that's true of you and the work you're doing too you're never completely in downtime nothing time your brain's still doing stuff with all that content but and it really does need to have that space to sort of do its inner work because it's so overloaded a lot of the time with the outer you know, engaging with everything outside of us and perception and all of that and taking in information that sometimes it needs to go into what's called the default mode network and be given time to restore and and that's really important for well being
1: You've talked me into it louise
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love his this final analogy that he gives, which is this, it's like a wave, and just to think of sea and the waves, we've got crests and troughs of the waves, and so rest. And being active are those near the crest is work, and the trough is perhaps the rest. Whichever way around you want to think at. but you know it's it's a rhythm, and it's creating that rhythm in our lives that's really important.
1: Yeah, very well. I like that rest is necessary, good work. So let's let's think about tip three. It's about noticing the signals that show you rest is needed for you. So you might be thinking about what do you notice about your body or your mind that's saying, Elizabeth, take a break, take a rest. Um, You might be aware of all a tired body even in the morning or through the day. You might be stiff after sitting for a time. You might have some aches and pains. You might notice that you're slow to recover after some things because you've got a lack of energy and that's certainly the physical need isn't it that um that our body's saying i need some i need some rest um being forgetful you know if it's sometimes hard to hold on to everything you need to to focus well to give your full attention and concentrate there's a lot to attend to at this beginning time for you lots of things to try and do at once you might be quite frustrated. There could be mental overload. So notice when that's kind of happening to you. It's a signal that you need some rest. You might also feel emotionally overwhelmed that too much is going on all at once. It's all happening quite quickly. You might feel some pressure to do things and force yourself into doing lots of different um, things with other people. Um, So it could be a time of high emotion and high worry for you could also be a signal for rest. And if we think about the well-being bucket we we described in a previous episode, so you've got a level of well-being in your bucket and you can choose to enhance your well-being by good practices, but there may be drains on your well-being bucket. Maybe your well-being bucket is not being filled um, it's feeling quite empty maybe you're not motivated you might be feeling on a treadmill And I'll, the last thing i want to say on this is be wary of not paying attention to your signals because if you do they will continue to shout at you until you're maybe forced to listen to them so try and listen in early on don't get to burn out
0: yeah, I think that's a really important message. It's that pushing and pushing and pushing, and there's a point when we need to stop pushing and say, yeah, time for a bit of downtime. So really listen in. So tip four is, well, know what gets in the way of your rest. <laughs> so that perhaps is one of them. But I think it's also, you know, the beliefs that we hold in society as a whole, our cultural sort of orientation, if you like. Yeah, that being busy, busy, busy is a really positive thing. You know, we need to be out there doing stuff. And if we're not out there doing stuff, then we need to be in our rooms, in our homes doing stuff. We need to work hard. We need to play hard. And, you know, I can imagine that's a story that we play out a lot in the university environment because you have that social pressure to be seen, to be involved and having fun. And then on the work front, you know, there's this Protestant work ethic, that I think is quite ingrained here which is that we must always work hard to succeed no success without lots of work hard working hard and that isn't just in the moment that's kind of over numbers of hours and being seen to be doing it all we always need to be productive and if we're not being productive what are we doing we're wasting our time and we might undervalue us and view it as lazy and therefore not make time for it And we might also just focus on sleep and not think about the other areas of rest that we've described in this podcast. And actually, you can sleep too much. (laughs) I know as a student that might be a surprise to you, but you can. And sometimes it might be better if you're finding yourself sleeping for 9, 10, 11 hours. It actually might be better to put your alarm clock on and get up sometimes and go and do something that's active, but also fun and playful and enjoyable and good for you in that sense too. So, you know, we also, I guess sometimes because we care, want to care for other people, we prioritise doing things with them, being with them, rather than looking after ourselves. We put them first for ourselves, so that might be one thing to watch out for. And we might avoid rest, and because we just don't want to be still and within ourselves, because that perhaps encourage, means that we need to reflect on things and We might find that our mind opens to worries and our mind races and we're not actually being calm. So it might be something that we have to learn to do, do in little bits and gradually build up over time. But as we saw, you don't actually have to be on your own in your room thinking or not thinking or trying not to think. You can be doing all kinds of other active rest. It doesn't have to be um, thinking about what's going on in your mind.
1: Yeah, I think that last one's a quite an important one, isn't it? Mm. Learning, learning to do it. If we, if it's been ingrained that we have to be busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, tip five: starting to make it a bit more personal here. What kind of rest restores you? Maybe think about what feeds your well-being bucket. The things that we've talked about today are these things that you can introduce into you know, ways of making you feel more restful within yourself. It might be that you could check in with yourself during the day, perhaps every hour or so, and ask, am I feeling good? Am I feeling rested? Am I performing well? Am I focusing and doing what I need to do? Or am I feeling drained and tired and in need of a break? What do I need? It's quite a good question to ask yourself. And so what makes you feel restored? What charges your batteries in the morning or maybe even at different points of the day? Um, and as we said before, don't wait till the real deficit happens. Try to do things intentionally, even in small, small doses. And remember, napping can be a good thing. Researchers said that that short nap of 20 minutes can restore and rejuvenate you. At once, you're not doing it too much. When we had the previous rest podcast, we talk, talked about making a rest journal, writing down, noting rest, what rest, what you're resting from. And we also su- suggested Sandra Dalton-Smith on our website has a rest quiz. It's called restquiz.com. And you can take it for a more personal look at you and where you can find rest in your in your own life. You might also want to look at how much more you get done when you're feeling restful and restored. And that could be a surprise to you. So Louise, can you can you summer up our five tips today? I absolutely can. So the first tip is
0: all about thinking about a new way of thinking about rest. If it's not all sleep. There are many other ways of gaining some rest and giving yourself some recovery time. Tip two is think about your mindset in relation to rest and recovery. What is it and is it a helpful one? Or do you think you need to do some adjustment there? Tip three is notice your signals. Notice notice the signals that show you rest is needed. Tip four is know what gets in the way of your rest. So we talked there about, you know, our beliefs around rest and being busy, busy, busy. And tip five, making it personal so yeah get detailed into what kind of rest restores you recognizing that's an individual thing there's no one answer to this at all it's your choice and i think that's great but be intentional about it all i think that's a really important point
1: so that's it for today enjoy a rest
0: Thank you so much for listening today. Please help us to spread the word about this podcast and follow this podcast on your app of choice. And if you like, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you'd like to access the accompanying playbook for this series, simply go to Louise Wiles, that's W-I-L-E-S dot com forward slash lean dash in and register and we'll send you the playbooks for free. If you're inspired to think a little bit more about rest and recovery, go and listen to the longer episode in our Fundamentals for Wellbeing series, episode 27, Do You Rest Enough? And if you're interested in the rest of the Fundamentals for Wellbeing series, then you can take your pick from episodes 21 to 35. And if you'd like to hear some advice from your peers, students who've gone before, then take a listen to our Student Voices in Transition series, where Ben, Rafi, Maya, Toby and Naomi share their stories, episodes 11 to 15. So lots more to listen to, to support you on your journey. We hope you have a great week and we'll be back next week with episode six in this series. Bye bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own
1: risk.